hello, and welcome to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. I'm Harmony Harkema, and my co-hosts are Annie Carlson and Heather Gerwing. We are three ordinary homeschooling moms with nine kids ranging in age from early elementary to high school, and our homeschools are anything but Pinterest perfect. Whether you are a veteran homeschooler, a new homeschooler, or just homeschool curious, we want to encourage you in your homeschooling journey and offer you practical tips and tools to make your homeschooling life easier and more fun. We're so glad you're here. Hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Relatable Homeschoolers. We are in season four, episode 32, and today we are all talking about creating a homeschool space you love. And we hope to just share some insight to you of what our homeschooling spaces have looked like in the past and what they currently look like. Hi, ladies. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, it's good to be here. Tell me what your homeschooling space has looked like in the past, what it looks like now, and why do you love it? Well, we've homeschooled all along. And when I started off with the littles, like preschool and kindergarten, first, second grade, I needed to have more structure for them. I needed school to be not playtime. So I had desks for them in our family office. John and I both have a desk in our office. And so it made sense to have it in our office. Each Mm -hmm. kid then had a desk. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we would come. So I could do some work while they were doing some work. And it made school feel a little more official for them, which was helpful when we were first starting out. And so then it was school time. And then we were excited to go do school time. That faded about second or third grade. Uh, They had more schoolwork, took a little more time, and they wanted to be more comfortable. And so what it looks like now, we got rid of those desks. Mm, Let's see. I have an eighth grader, so at least five years ago. (laughs) My rule is you can school wherever you want through the week. If we get to Thursday night and you are not done with your schoolwork, then you get to school with mom at the kitchen table on Friday and Saturday. Kind of a motivator to get their work done because we do Mm -hmm. a week at a time. And so if they're done by Thursday night, then they have Friday to pursue their own interests or to read. If they don't, then it's a little more directed by me and make sure they're on task and completing what they need to complete. So we have homeschooled lots of different places, but that's our current setup. Annie, when you say you used to have desks, did you just have desks like, you know, that they sell at Ikea type thing or do like actual school desks? They were cast offs from our local public school. Yeah. So yeah, they were official school desks with chairs. And- I always wanted the little hair desk combo, like all one oh, yeah. piece, you know, like I wanted those so bad when my kids were little, never had them, but man, I wanted them. It made it a place for them to keep their things. Their, you know, worksheets didn't end up in the laundry room. Right. I mean, they still kind of did, but you know, it gave them a place to store their school things. Mm-hmm. And that was exciting for them. And now they have less school things. You know, we're not, we don't have math manipulatives anymore and, you know, color crayons anymore. And we have less stuff, more books, but less stuff. And so our needs changed. And so we changed our school room. There you go. I like that. Our needs changed. And so we changed. What about you, Harmony? When Lily started homeschooling. Our reload book basket was by the couch and we would sit on the couch in the morning and then at like at lunchtime, sometimes in the evening and read our books there. But her other things, things where she had to do writing, so math and copy work and those kinds of things lived at my desk. So I made room for her at my desk. And I've always kind of had like a table style desk ever since she's been old enough to be doing schoolwork. And so she would just sit with me. And then we added a chair for Holland when Holland got old enough to be doing schoolwork. But in our new house, 
in Michigan, my office is really quite small. And so I don't use it as much anymore. And we actually have a family room with a fireplace that I was like, oh, this is the perfect school room when we were looking at this house. And we originally set it up as a school room, but we really had outgrown the table. They just have, by the time they spread out everything, all their stuff, there's just not enough room. And I was starting to see that we were going to have overflow. Well, then my husband built me this beautiful dining room table. It's six feet long by three feet wide. And that's just much bigger than my desk was. And it's got a bench on one side that he built and chairs on the other side. So we kind of started migrating to the dining Mm -hmm. room. And it's also like the dining room and kitchen are really more like one room. They're connected. Mm -hmm. So they liked being at the table and being able to, you know, get up and get a snack. Or if Lily wanted to bake cookies, she can just get up and mix up batter while we're reading or whatever, you know, and the kitchen is right there. My house is a lot of big sunny windows, but the dining room has one big, really sunny window that's South facing. And that makes it a very nice place, especially in the afternoon to be sitting. You can just get lots of natural light. And so we just kind of started moving there. And then I decided I wanted to open the sewing studio and I needed that back room. So we just reconfigured the whole thing. Cause I was like, we're really not using this space. And it was because the table was too small, but then this is okay. We're, we're happy in the dining room is what we Mm -hmm. figured out. And I have always used three-tiered cart, like the kind you can buy at Ikea, Michael's Mm -hmm. has them, Target has them for the stuff that we're using now. So I have a dedicated storage space. I have a closet in my office that's all shelves and all of the homeschooling books and everything is in this closet. But everything that we are using now is on the three-tiered cart. And then in addition, the girls each have a heavy-duty plastic magazine file, you know, the kind that you can put labels on, but these are real heavy-duty and they keep all of their own individual stuff in those magazine files. So if they want to go, if Lily wants to go upstairs to her room, if Holland wants to go sit on the sun porch, they can take their magazine files and go wherever. I don't wheel the cart around too many places. I used to be able to pull it out on the patio at our house in Memphis, but here we've got stairs that go outside. Every every exit has steps going down and it's just sort of a pain. The cart's heavy. It's got a lot of books on it. So I don't do that so much anymore, but the magazine files make it so you can just pick up a few things and Mm -hmm. carry them out there. I have added, I actually have three, three tiered cards (laughs) that are all homeschool centered. One is all the actual schoolwork and books and things we're reading aloud and doing. One is just what we call the morning time cart. And it is things for them to do while I am reading aloud. So Sarah McKenzie actually has a great list of things kids can do at different ages during read alouds, basically like anything that's not noisy. So Play-Doh, painting, coloring books. So all of our Dover coloring books, the marker caddy, embroidery supplies, Mighty Mind, you know, and some of the math manipulatives that Holland still likes to use are on this, this cart. And so that can be pulled around any side of the table for somebody to grab something off of to do during morning time. And then the third one is art supplies. And those can get moved around the house too, so that they can can do art wherever they want to. Harmony, I know in Memphis, in your kitchen, you had like a designated art table. Do you have that set up here in your new house? Not exactly. Um, they, the movers broke the art table. <laughs> oh no! So that was the first problem was that the art table legs broke. Uh, I don't know how they did it because they were like metal legs. We could not figure out how they managed to kill this table. And there's no Ikea real close to where we live now. So you, in Memphis, the Ikea was literally like across the street from my house. It was a two minute right. drive. So you could just run over there and get something. But I also had that nook in the kitchen in Memphis. Now the art cart just moves around. And I tend to okay. keep a vinyl, you know, flannel backed vinyl tablecloth on my dining room table because it can mm. take anything. They're cheap. They're know. easy to replace. 
if they get a hole ripped in them, no big deal. So they can do art at the kitchen table, but they also do it, still do it in the sewing studio. The last station in the sewing studio is next to the art cart and it's close to the DVD player because we've traditionally done our homeschool lessons through home art studio, which is DVD based and okay. they can do it there. Although now we do some online too. And of course a laptop can be anywhere. So right. they really can be mobile. Yeah. All so right. I'm, I'm a fan of the three cart mobile homeschool system. <laughs> yeah. Anywhere. And then if I have, you know, company over and I don't want the homeschool stuff in my dining room, you just wheel the carts out of there and I can shove them in the office and shut the door and they're out of sight. Right. Well, I will say when I started homeschooling 11 or so years ago, because I, my oldest is an 11th grader. I swore I needed a dedicated homeschool space. There was no way I could homeschool my kids without an actual school room. So I created a school room in our basement with bookshelves and the calendar on the wall and a thing to track the weather, a flag, so we could say the Pledge of Allegiance. And it basically looked like probably your typical kindergarten public school schoolroom in my basement. Right next to the desk where we did our schoolwork, I had one of those big foam letter mats with the whole alphabet and the numbers that were the foam mat on the ground that we would do our circle time, you know, our silly song singing in the morning that we would do over on the rug. And then we'd move to the table and do our stuff there. And I didn't have the three-tiered cart, but each of my girls had the rolly cart that had like eight plastic drawers. They were like 12 by 12 drawers and there was eight. And then each drawer was labeled a subject, you know, like handwriting. And they're like quarter inch handwriting book (laughs) went in the handwriting bin. And then their math workbook went in the math bin and so on and so forth. That was how we started out. However, then I had more kids, babies, and being down in the basement in Michigan in the winter was not cool. I was freezing down there and I was like, this is not working, you know? And like you said, Harmony, how you do it at the table and you could just like get up and cook or mix some dough or whatever you want to do while you're doing that. Well, you can't do that when you're schooling in the basement. Like the only thing I could do was switch the laundry because our laundry was in the basement. So I think I lasted a year and a half in the basement. And then I was just like, this isn't working. I moved it upstairs and I swear this, This podcast is not sponsored by Ikea, but I had the Ikea, like, I don't know what they even call it, but I could fit eight of those big bins in it. You know what I mean? It was like four by four things. And so then on the top four, like we laid it down, like you can either have it laying down or standing up, but we had it laying down. And on the top four bins, I just had regular like reading books. And then each kid had a bin in the bottom of one of those big fabric bins that they could put all their school stuff in. And we moved to the kitchen table. That was like in our family room that was right next to the kitchen. That's where we did school for the remainder of our time at our old house. This is probably shameful, but I know what that Ikea furniture piece is. It's called the Kallax, K-A-L-L-A-X. <laughs> this, is what, like, this is what comes of living across the street from Ikea. And that worked great. And it was perfect. Each kid had a bin and their stuff was in it. So we did that probably eight years, maybe. And then when we moved to this house last year, the owner before us was a woodworker. 
So my house has so many built-in bookshelves. It's it's crazy. It will be my life school to fill them. He has what we call the library, which is where I'm at right now. I know you can't see it, but it's literally every inch of the room has bookshelves except for the door into it and the window to the outside. Then in our living room, we have two very tall built-in bookshelves. I can't even reach the top two shelves standing on the ground. Like I have to get a stool. And then there's another room upstairs that we call the lounge, which is like the kid hangout room. There's a built-in corner desk with cabinets above it. And then two other walled with bookshelves. (laughs) So up in that room is where I house all the homeschool stuff, all the craft supplies, anything kid related is pretty much up in our lounge, but I don't want to do school up there. So my girls pretty much keep all their stuff in their bedrooms. They both have bookshelves and they just keep their stuff either in their book bags or in their room. And then my boys have bins that I actually got from the container store, I believe, that they have all their school books in. And each morning they bring them down and then take them back up to the lounge when they're Mm -hmm. done with them. I keep my stuff and I keep our read alouds that we're reading through for the year with our history curriculum on the bookshelves in our living room area. And it's not really a space. I have a place where I house kind of like all our homeschool material, but my whole home is a homeschooling space that I love. And we'll read our history in the living room. And then we'll move to the kitchen table when the boys have to do like their handwriting or their language arts. I go up in my girl's bedroom and I help them with math on their bed. Homeschooling is our lifestyle. So it becomes a part of our home. It's not set to a designated space. Well, this is, I think, a good message for new homeschoolers who feel pressured, like you have to have a homeschooling space. Oh, for sure. Or even somebody who's felt like that for years and has felt stuck or trapped in a homeschooling space, but doesn't really know how to get out of it. It's okay to relax. Mm -hmm. And yeah, homeschooling is a lifestyle. And if we can find a way to interweave our home and our homeschooling, then we'll probably be more content and more relaxed Mm -hmm. and more at peace. We've talked before about homeschooling, not just being academics, that cooking counts and walks in the backyard count and, you know, any activity that you do outside or handicraft or anything like that, any artwork, all of that counts as part of your homeschool. So when those things are intertwined, that's homeschooling. Right. I say like the homeschooling is a part of our home. Now, I don't want to see the homeschool books out on the couch or out all over the place. You know what I mean? When we're done with it, it gets put away, right? Everything has a place. There's a place for everything. But I want to be able to live in my house and do what I want, unless they're like painting with, you know, non-washable paint or something like that. Do it wherever. My son loves to draw and he will just lay on the floor up in the lounge and draw with his markers. My daughter had her computer out in the back porch the other day, working on a paper, just being outside and enjoying the beautiful weather. I will admit, I love to get on Instagram and follow homeschool accounts where people have these beautiful curated Charlotte Mason-y looking spaces with nature trays and beautiful Mm. botanical prints on the wall and gorgeous farmhouse table and in a room and it's, you know, this gorgeous homeschool space, but it hasn't worked for us because Mm -hmm. we feel isolated from the rest of our lives. Yeah. You know? And so I love looking at them, but functionally we do better when we keep things 
you know, a little more streamlined and we don't mm-hmm. take the entire room. And we've never had, you know, the homeschooling space, even in my big office in Memphis was also my office. It was both. Right. And I loved it. I miss that room, but I like what we're doing now too. So, mm-hmm. and you have to find something that works for your house. You know, like That's this is exactly a, it's it. a different house than we lived mm-hmm. in. So you, your house may not have a great space. So now my sister has five kids and she has always tried to have a dedicated homeschooling space. And they've been lucky enough that they've had that in most of the houses they've lived in. Mm -hmm. I think that's the key. You know your house and you know how you want your house to function. Making homeschooling a part of your house. Don't put it behind a door and just feel like it has to be in the confines of a certain room. That may be the first time I've said it this season. Use Pinterest and Instagram as inspiration, not as prescription. Prescription. You don't, (laughs) you don't have to go and get all the Ikea things because somebody on their blog told you that that's what you have to have in order to have a successful homeschool. We, they have that as a Mm -hmm. successful homeschool, but that may not work for you. Now we're transitioning to high school within the next year and that will look a little bit different. So I am, don't tell my husband, but I am in the market for yet another bookshelf, but I want three shelves with doors on the bottom. And so that I can put all of each student's high school curriculum on one shelf. Mm -hmm. Um, So that when they're working through their, you know, English nine reading list, those mm-hmm. books are all right there and they're not having to go to our library and find them on the shelves and that sort of thing. So, you know, you're, you're going to go through stages and transitions. And mm-hmm. like I said, my, when my kids were little, the desks were great because then their stuff was in their desk and they loved having a desk. And when I called that it's time for school and they would run to their desk and that was fine then, but then we moved in and we needed something else. Mm-hmm. So, and now that we're looking ahead to high school, Um, We have different subjects and they have different books and they want them all in one space. Like I want to see all the things that I need in one spot. So I want the doors down below for pencils and erasers and extra paper and those sorts of supplies. They're all right there. Mm -hmm. And then I want a shelf for each kid so that they know this is all that I'm working through right now. Ask your kids, where do you want to do school? Where Mm -hmm. do you feel comfortable? Where do you feel like you get things done? For one of my children, they're easily distracted. Another one of my kids loves to work with music or an audiobook going in the background. Like that's where they work the most comfortable. Well, those two students cannot be in the same room. Mm -hmm. They drive each other crazy. Right. And so, especially as your kids age, ask them for their opinion. Maybe they have a different idea and it will work better for them because they've chosen it. So don't be afraid to involve your kids and Mm -hmm. ask them what kind of space they need. Maybe they want a desk in their room versus a desk somewhere else or a table somewhere else. Yeah, that's a good point, Annie, because I would not be able to effectively homeschool if all my kids were in the same space at the same time. This morning, I was doing language arts with my one son at the kitchen table and my other son went and grabbed his laptop. And sat on the couch with just like a stone's throw away from our kitchen table and started to do his math. And I was just like, dude, like math up in the lounge. Like I can't, I can't be here in your teaching textbooks while I'm trying to do language arts here. He's like, oh, I just sat down. I was like, yeah, up to the lounge. And I think we've all said this, like we homeschool everywhere. But one thing that we do have in common is that we do have a specific space 
for our homeschool materials to be housed. And I do think that's important and vital because it just helps an organization. And when you're looking for something or a certain curriculum, like you know where to go to find that. Harmony, one more thing. I think you had a reference for people to help organize some of their homeschool material that you were going to mention. Yeah. And I want to say something else first too, which is we've kind of been saying you can make homeschool part of your house, but if you find yourself distracted and you need to have a dedicated homeschooling space, that is also okay. We've all kind of moved out of that, but that doesn't mean that that that's, is what you're going to need. So it's, it's whatever you and your family need and how your house can be made to work for you. Absolutely. Sure. sure. And, And honestly, if you need a space to contain the chaos and you need a room with a door that closes when company comes over, go for it. That is perfectly fine. And I wish mm-hmm. that was the case in my house. Yeah. So the resource I was going to mention is a guide that um, Pam Barnhill has for sale on her website. It's pambarnhill.com. And we'll put in a link to this in the show notes. It's called the Homeschool Organization Challenge. And it takes organizing your homeschooling space and breaks it down into really small tasks. And I mean, really small, like one day you're just dealing with pencils <laughs> and you, and it's, you can do as many tasks in a day as you want, but it makes it approachable. So this is like a 599 PDF book that is just very common sense. And I have used this anytime we've moved or just needed to purge to figure out, you know, what to do with everything and where to put it. And that was a huge help to me. So we'll put a link to that homeschool organization challenge in the show notes for you. All right, ladies, anything else you want to add about creating a homeschool space you love? Any other little tidbit? Don't forget to add things in for you. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good point. If you want a mug warmer to keep your coffee hot or your tea hot that's and a great don't suggestion. forget to add little touches for the the teacher in the room yes preach and if you want to have a candle lit do that i mean to make it make it a pleasant space for you as the parent as well i love that annie and your kids will pick up on those things too like and want them and you'll find like the day you don't like the candle you're like oh mom can you light the good smelly candle you know or can you put mm-hmm. on the classical music cd mm-hmm. or can you you know whatever it is They get attached to those things too. So anything that provides a a pleasant aesthetic Mm -hmm. is a good thing to do. Yes. All right, ladies. Well, let's wrap up this episode with what is bringing you joy right now in your homeschooling? Annie, I'm going to put you on the spot first. You can put me on the spot. Uh, What is bringing me joy is this is a week off in our uh, schooling. And so it's also the getting towards the end of September and that's go time on the farm. Like we're trying to wrap up the garden. We're trying to get different projects uh, finished because we have had snow in October here in North Dakota. And so we always want to try and be done with those outside projects. And so that's how I schedule our school year. I schedule a week off about this time every year so that we can focus on getting outside stuff done. And you, Harmony? The weather is what's bringing me joy in my school right now. <laughs> the nice, cool, cool mornings. And um, it's getting to be, you know, sweatshirt weather. And uh, so I get up every morning and I go to let the chickens out of their coop. And I'm usually in a sweatshirt and my yard boots, as I like to call them, my rubber mm-hmm. boots. And I go take my coffee and sit on my swing in the cool air and just gives me an upkick for the day ahead and gives me a little boost of energy, just that fresh, cool morning air. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I am going to say 
and I think I mentioned this probably every season. So um, I shall not leave it out this season either. But since we're talking about creating a homeschool space, one of my favorite things in my homeschool area is my homeschool planner. And so I just love that, that I can have all my information there of what I need, of what we're working on and what needs to be done. And my boys can check off what they've done. I can see what's left. I love the planner. I'm a planner girl. So I use the Simple Plan by Mardell and that's my homeschool planner that brings me joy. All right, ladies, thanks for joining me today and talking about creating a homeschool space you love. And listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll be back soon. You've been listening to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You can find links to all the books and resources we mention on the show at our website, therelatablehomeschoolers.com. We would love to hear your homeschooling questions. You can email us at therelatablehomeschoolers at gmail.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at The Relatable Homeschoolers. We'd love it if you leave a rating and review for us on iTunes. It only takes a minute and we'll ensure more homeschooling mamas get to hear our show. We'll be back with another episode soon. Until then, happy homeschooling schooling.